screedle deedle, a doodly dee, a screedle deedly doo. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. the Thwip Tribble. And I am Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I'm Brandon, a.k.a. Childish Brandino Tribble. And we are here at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. It is a rinky-dink little comic shop. There is nothing rinky-dink about this comic book shop, sir. Aw, thank you. This is a veritable... Cornucopia. Cornucopia of four-colored delight. Aww. For your eyes and ears to take in and behold. Oh, that's nice. That one's great. Um, fishing for compliments worked. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah, we're here. You're listening to Gutter Talk, where we... We talk about the things inside the gutters, right? In between the, how do you say it? You say it. You do the thing. You, you explain it to the people. You're better than I am. It's, it's everything that happens in the white space of the comic book page. Uh, there you go. Thank you. That sounds so racist, though. It's the stuff between the panels. There you go. The negative space. There you go. Is that better? But then that sounds so negative. Well, yeah. Well, said, what so Brandon what said was, was fine. Between the panels. Yeah. All right. Life between the panels. Oh, that's cute. Here, you're listening to Gutter Talk. Life between the panels. I love it. That's great. That flows. All right, here we go. Uh, we have an email from Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. I have prepared myself in advance and have already unlocked my phone and have already brought up my Gmail and have already clicked on the email. There we go. You, it's called You Can Never Go On Too Long. Hey, everyone. My first two introductory podcasts were famously long-winded, sometimes going as long as five hours. So I never understand it when podcasters say they've gone on too long or time is running short, unless you have an appointment or something. For me, the definitive daredevil is Bendis. You can bookend it with Kevin Smith's Guardian Devil and Brubaker's Devil in Cell Block D, but everything from Bendis's Daredevil is top-notch. The only other complete run that is as fulfilling for me is Peter David's X Factor, which is mostly Madrox's story along with Layla Miller. I loved the boys series. Like Len, I finished the series in one sitting, or nearly so. I've never read the comics. I've heard enough about it to know I wouldn't care for it, but the TV series was so good that I almost got the trades to read from the library. But my card expired. <laughs> and I hear it diverges enough from the comics that I don't need to read them. I was basing my Roman Reigns casting purely on the look, so it makes me sad he is such a talentless hack. <laughs> Len's words, not mine. I don't know how you can say Ms. Lonnie is too good for the MCU, which wouldn't be making black which wouldn't be making Black Cat versus Silver Sable anyways, when they've had Tilda Swinton, Glenn Close, and Robert Redford, to name a few. Even Venom got Michelle Williams. That's all. I have a huge stack of books to read, so I'll let you go. Chris St. Saucy, good night. I don't know if I said that she was too good for the MCU. I think the, the thing that I was more speaking of was her playing Silver Sable. Oh, she deserves a bigger character. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. But to be fair, to, to backtrack a little bit to Guardians of the Galaxy... Star-Lord wasn't a character anyone cared about, really, until they put him in the movies, right? 
So it really depends upon the character as they are on screen and what the actor or actress does for that character in the film. Right? Yeah, but this would be Sony. This wouldn't be MCU. And I don't know that Sony has a good has track the, record of uh, that's true. bringing characters into the spotlight. Very good point. Point. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are good series. The Daredevil, that's a great... Um, that Bendis stuff was awesome. Uh, I guess that's it. It was. It, 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 it's a downer, but it was good stuff. Yeah. It got a little repetitive in its dourness. Yeah, some of it, yeah. yeah. But but he the way he wrote it, I heard him speak about it was that Matt pretty much was having a breakdown mm-hmm. through the whole thing, which then when you know that it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But um which actually then thematically makes sense because then you go to the Ed Brubaker's run where he's kind of like coming through and adjusting to mm-hmm. having gone through this breakdown and then you get to the Mark Wade run mm-hmm. where he's like <sighs> ah all better yes. mostly sort of so thematically it all makes sense there was a nice little bit of meta fun to be had with the Bendis to Brubaker transition mm-hmm. watching Bendis throw Matt in jail yep and then having Brubaker be like to figure oh, it out cool thanks yeah that was pretty cute uh, Brandon now you have, for the longest time, had a segment on the show called Brandon Ask Us, Yay. where you would have questions for us. This was back before you were even on the show. You would just like write in questions, right? No. And then you started bringing them in? I never wrote in. He never wrote in. There was He's one time where I was about bitch. to ask you guys questions, and Len was like, no, shut up. Sit down. And he put a mic in front of my face. That's right. Went. You never did write in. Thank you for reminding me. So uh, <laughs> do, you wanna, do you have e- uh, questions for us today? Today yeah, you have a whole new segment that you want to introduce. I do a whole segment just for today, though. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I saw this website, and it's got a list. It's called Fifty Fun Questions About Video Games to Ask Your Friends. Well, but, let's p- uh, pay, um, give credit where credit's due. What's the website? Uh, Webelskip.com. Okay. And the article's written by an author named Poppy. Um. Anyway, so we don't. We don't really talk about video games much on this show, though. But we do talk about comics. So I was thinking we'll make it 50 fun questions about comics to ask your oh, friends. I was getting ready to say, I don't know how long we could do this for <laughs> video games, but go on. Yeah. So yeah, I think, it, I think it'll be a fun exercise, especially because we all have different opinions on things. It'll be fun. Yay. Or so, else. Quest- so are we just going to take their 50 questions about video games and then just pretty much tweak them yep. to fit for comics. Yes. Gotcha. And if that's not possible, we'll skip it, I think. I'm into it. Um, so, first one, super easy. What's your favorite comic of all time? Oh, fudge. Oh, wow. Super easy? Ah, that is all right. super easy. Because what do you mean? What's your favorite comic book series or your favorite I would say comic? issue. Single issue. Issue? Mother Hubbard. Oh, that's really hard. Oh. Um, off the top of my head... I will say my favorite issue of all time is, oh, wait a minute, was that one issue? I think it was one issue. Marv Wolfman, George Perez on the Teen Titans run did a story called Who is Donna Troy? Mm. And Robin goes and cracks the code of Donna Troy's origin. Um, And... He basically is doing this as a gift for Donna because she's about to get married. Mm-hmm. And she was all her origin had 
always been very ambiguous because even at this time, and this was in the 80s, it had already been kind of like retconned like about two times. Um, so he just wanted to like solve this mystery for her. And he does, and it was very tender because you always felt that Dick Grayson and Donna Troy always had like that chemistry chemistry of we are great friends, we love each other as friends, we recognize that it could have been more, we just never took it there because at the time he was deeply in love with Starfire right. and of course she was getting married to some somebody else. Um, but I remember reading that comic book when I read it, and it, it like, I just felt like uh, this was evidence of everything that comic books could be. Because while there was action in it, it was really just a, a tight detective story slash friendship tale about mm -hmm. them. So that was my favorite comic book issue. You know what, Len? I'm going to follow the advice of a very good friend of mine. I'm going to go with my gut and say that it's Amazing Spider-Man annual number one, and it's Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and it's the first appearance of the Sinister Six all coming together, and Spidey had to go through the gauntlet mm -hmm. of each character, and every time he went up against one of the six members, there was a beautiful, full splash page drawn yep. by Steve Ditko of Spidey just, like, clocking... Oh man, there's the ah, he's, there's like Craven the Hunter, and Spidey's in the middle of the page, and there's a tiger up top, and there's a tiger down below, and he's evading both of them simultaneously. Some of the best Steve Ditko Spider-Man work I've ever seen, and has stuck with me. I, they did a series of T-shirts. Each one of those splash pages, oh, they really? wound up doing a, like a, a single run of a shirt for each one of those. Part of me wish I had bought one of each of those just <laughs> to wear because um, they're, they're such beautiful illustrations. So that's mine. Mine, I'm thinking, is Sandman number 13, I think. And it's with um, it's Sandman and a character named Hob Gatling, if I remember Do correctly. You mean Neil Gaiman Sandman? Yes. Okay. And uh, in the issue, Sandman and his sister Death, or Dream and Death, go to a bar. And there's a guy, and he's talking very loudly about how death is just a joke, and everyone is just the reason ever people die is just because people they let themselves die. If you don't want to do it, you won't do it. I remember this, right? And so then, um, Dream and Death decide to have fun with him, and so Dream comes up to him. He's like, "So you think it's a joke?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." And Dream's like, "How about this? I've, I will meet you in a hundred years' time in this pub, and you can prove to me that death is a joke." And then. 100 years comes and the guy meets him and everything's perfect and they have their they have like a drink together they talk and then salmon's like okay same deal 100 years we'll meet here and it just keeps going from like eight the 1800s up to like the 90s mm -hmm. and they keep they keep talking and um it's just it's a great story because like you see how one man can change over like different time periods mm -hmm. like um like at one point hob is like involved with like the slave trade and sandman's like you you shouldn't be a part of that it's not a good not a good look not a good look <laughs> that's, that's yeah. pretty much what he says and then in the next in the next um the next time they meet hob is like yeah you were totally right and like i'm gonna regret that for the rest of my life so it was like cool um, stuff like that yeah so, yeah um 
just to piggyback off of that very quickly about Sandman, it's tales like that, single issues like that, that I really do appreciate from the Sandman series. I've only made it through the first three trade paperbacks because my friend just keeps making me. Just read them. (laughs) Um, And I just don't overall care about Sandman. But there are little one shots that stick with me, like the like that story. Mm-hmm. There was one about cats and the way cats dream. Right, yeah. And um, another one about the serial killer. Um, the serial convention. convention yeah. The serial convention. Um, yeah. So I'm eventually I'll finish the whole Sandman run. Maybe you don't have to. I but it's I feel like I should. Right. I guess it's the difference between you and me. You don't. You just like I don't care. I'd have been like, it's not for me. Sounds like it's great. The story you just said sounds very interesting, and I will be very curious to read it and check it out, but just, I will be fine with not reading in the rest mm, of Sandman. Right. It's like uh, every so often I get the itch to go read books that I read in high school and didn't enjoy. See whether or not you feel the same. Yeah. And I do I, that. But, but also I know myself. I know my ability to... Let my feelings at a moment influence the way I am taking in something. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a bad mood and I'm watching a movie or listening to an album, or if I'm just not even in a bad mood, I'm just not in the mood for that particular thing, I'm not going to enjoy it. And I may go back in a different time and be like, I can't believe I didn't like this before. Similarly, sometimes I just need that one song. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, now I get the Beatles. Now I know why everyone loves the Beatles or the mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. Whereas before I was like, yeah, they're fine. I have that similar vibe with you. But my thing is that when I go back to revisit those things, I get the sense memory of where I you was were? at that time. Oh. So it kind of puts me in that same same place. Case in point, this will be a, a cute story. When I was younger... Uh, this guy, up, the older guy that lived up the street from from us, was throwing out like all these old records, right? And he had an old record that was um, the songs from the Batman TV series. Sure, Batman nineteen sixty six, which you know, as a young Batman fan, I loved because that was my you know my Batman. So I was like, and he was like, yeah, here you can take it. I'm like, really great. So I'm walking home with it and I wind up running around with a bunch of my friends before I get home with the with the album right and on my way home I step in dog do okay so and I don't even know it so I I because I'm just running around yeah 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 so I but as I'm walking up to my house I'm smelling things yeah. like yo what's going on and uh, I was too young to have my own key, so I'm knocking on the door. My older sister opens up the door. I start to walk in. She literally pushes me down. She's like, uh, what? It's on your sneaks. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's me. <laughs> I am the smell. I am the smell. <laughs> so She's like, oh, you got to clean your sneaks. I said, okay, I got to clean my sneaks. But look what Danny gave me. He gave me this Batman record. She's like, yeah, but you got to clean those sneaks. I'm like, okay, I'll clean this. But could you play it for me? Because I, 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 I literally could not play the record machine. Yeah, yeah. So she puts, it, she puts it on, and I go to clean my sneaks. So, you know, I'm cleaning my sinks. I'm smelling the dog smell, uh-huh. but I'm hearing Batman. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm loving the music, but I'm also hearing the mm. smell in the smell, right? So I try to listen to it. It, is, it sounds kind of cute. It was whatever. Fast forward early days of Black Tribbles. Some guy comes in. We're doing a, a, a tribute to Batman. And he comes in with all these records. And he has that album. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't had this album since I was a kid. Oh my god, come on, let's play, let's play some of the some of the songs. I play some of the songs. I immediately start smelling shit. Wow, <laughs> That's all, I can't smell anything else. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This is cool that we've got these. Can we turn these off? Let's go to the. <laughs> so you okay? So you are aware of why you were. Because you you were thinking of the time. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't I, like, why am I smelling shit again? Okay. No. And, and I, I can't listen to those songs. Wow. Ever again. That's so neat. Uh, did we answer the question? Yeah. That Next was, one. That was a lot for question one. One question. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get all 50, guys. Well, this, we, we <laughs> may fine. continue this yeah. on the next episode of Gotta Talk. But go um, ahead. Also... I know I said single issues, but I think for the next few, we're going to switch to series. Great. Because it just doesn't really make yeah, sense to do issues. Um, so what's a series that you thought you'd like but actually hated? Hmm. 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 I got one. We were talking about it earlier. Batman Hush. Oh, yeah. Because... I'm... You know, I've gone on Got to Talk before in saying that I don't think... Jim Lee is a good storyteller as an artist. Agreed. But I'm not going to knock that the man can't draw a pretty picture. Yeah. So when I heard that he was going to be doing this this run of Batman, you know, I was as excited as the next person. Okay, you know, let's see mm -hmm. if Jim Lee can actually finish the story because mm -hmm. he was notoriously that was not part doing of the so. deal. That was part of the bet. Um, but I that series quickly became what you said Brandon earlier basically Jim Lee building up his Batman portfolio the story made absolutely no sense whatsoever and I was this is a bunch of doo-doo now I finished buying it because I was collecting Batman at the time so I, you know, I was still a single issue guy so I was collecting it and I, and I wanted to give Jeff Lopes, the writer of it, you know. Did I, you finish it? So I finished it. I, I didn't like it. I yeah. didn't like it at all. And I've never bought it collected because it's not good. Yeah. It was one of my first Batman stories. And I think it's a lot of people's one of their first Batman stories because it's easy to get into. It's got all the characters. It's great. And for me, one of the things I liked about it at first was that I assumed that this... Um, Dr. Elliot character had was like a long-standing comic book character. Yeah. Once I found out that he was introduced at the beginning of Hush, I was like, well, this is this is dumb. Yo, yo. As I was reading it, when as it was coming out in issues, I was I was there like, oh man, look at all this Jim Lee. Oh, Jim Lee drawing Superman. Look, Jim Jim Lee drawing Poison Ivy. Look at her butts hanging out. That was wonderful. <laughs> but also I was going, Tommy Elliot is being introduced as Bat Bruce Wayne's best friend. By the way, spoiler alert for Hush. Yeah. This can't be the this can't be Hush. It's not gonna be Hush. Like, I believe in the writer Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb too much to just Me too. To assume that yes, of course, the character that we have literally just introduced to you as a longtime best friend of Bruce Wayne is going to be the villain. 
yeah. and then lo and behold. Now, I did hear that the, he was not supposed to be the villain and that it was actually going to be someone else. Mm-hmm. But because of the machinations behind the scenes, they wound up having to change it. Was uh, it not unlike Armageddon in 2009. Yes. Was it going to be Jason? Or 2000. Because I know Jason is in it. Right, because that was one of the big moments of the series is when, yeah. oh yeah, man, Jason Todd is back. Yeah. And then, of course, the next issue was like, so he was Clayface. Which got retconned to it was Jason again. Wait, what? It did. In what? Under the Red Hood, they retconned it that it was Jason, but that he switched with Clayface. You m- so, yeah. Yes. What? Why? Because they're still trying to make sense of that garbage that was called Batman Hush. Yeah. Which they finally made sense of in the yeah. adaptation, which is now streaming on the DC Universe. I just watched it yesterday. I can't believe it. Not only did I enjoy it, find myself like enjoying it and laughing, the story made sense. And while it is set in the universe of... New 52. That, well, that, that the, animated yeah. universe that they have there. Yeah. The After about maybe the first 10 minutes, the animation tweaks a little bit mm. so that it's not quite the same animation, huh. all for the better to me. But is there a purpose to it in the show? I actually think it's maybe they, they just you know, farmed it out to a different company. Oh. But it's... I liked what this new this other company did. It, yeah. it it's wow. a lot more striking. Um Batman actually they write it into the story, but he um changes his costume to the costume that he actually wore in Hush. Neat. Okay. So that's kind of, so that's actually like a nice little nod that's cool. for it. Um I'm excited to watch it. I knew it was coming and I just forgot. No. Yeah, because yeah. it had been out on digital for like almost a month now. Yeah. yeah. I've been meaning to get to it, but I've been doing watching other stuff. Um, Brandon, what's a game? What's a series I thought I'd like? Now, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a big Tim Drake fan. What? I'm really liking Tim Drake. No. But I, I gotta say now. So I'm reading the Robin series. Now, part of it might be that it's about 190 issues. So there's a lot of not so great in there. Mm-hmm. But honestly, yeah. I'm not. I'm not loving it as much as I hoped I would. And also. I read I read the Red Robin series, and that was I think only like twenty six issues, but that was so good. Oh. Like that's part of what really got me into comics, and so. Yeah, but this is like what Red Robin is what within the last five years. Yeah, no, no, it was after Final Crisis, so probably around two thousand eight or nine ish. Yeah, really. Well, then Rob, Red Robin has been around since before the New Fifty Two. Okay, then, like yeah. almost then how long ago. ago was the Robin book then? That was the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, Jesus, it ended in like. If you remember, yeah. um, was that long ago. Tim Drake's first appearance as Robin was drawn by Norm Brayfogle back in Detective That's Comics. That's right. It was nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Thank you. And then he, uh, you know, after some, uh, you know, uh, you know, that'd be Robin. Take the costume off. No, I'm gonna be Robin. And a bunch of that back and that forth. didn't happen. Then he got his own series. That's and, right. Um, which That's is right. A, he had a mini series Robin. Which was like maybe four issues. He had like three I think of he those. had two or two or three yeah. actual mini series. Yeah. Before and he actually. And then he had an book. ongoing. Right. Right. And was that was that um did Chuck Dixon write that book? Yes. Yeah. He wrote he started it, yeah. And it's it's pretty good in the beginning. And there's there's definitely some there's a lot of good, but there's also a whole lot of not so good. Mm. So I don't I wouldn't say that I hate it. I wouldn't say it's a series that I thought I'd like but I hated, but I expected to like it way more than I did. 
mine is not only a book that I thought I would like and did not like. It is also the number one most disappointing event of my entire comic book reading career. Archie meets the Punisher. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh. oh. They paid that dude a million dollars to come back, and it was such a big deal mm. uh, to do a sequel for The Dark Knight Returns. And uh, by that po- at that point, it was probably one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. And bo- I was working at a comic shop at the time, and I, we were all so excited that, oh, my God, he's coming back. He's going to do a sequel. And I can't think of another experience in comic books that had me as disappointed mm-hmm. as that book. Akin to, I would say, Star Wars Episode One, where I read it and I went, wait a minute. And I had to go and experience it again mm-hmm. before I would before I could accept the fact. Oh no, this is bad. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't like this. Mm. So yeah, that was rough. the The story is a, a convoluted mess. Uh, the art is impenetrable. Well, when the when they announced it, everybody was was on it. Yeah, everybody was down with it. I, there was that one image of like Batman's fist in the yep. air with all the color behind it, which, which. You know, hindsight was perfect marketing because if they had put Shown out you? any image yeah. from the book itself, you'd have been like, what? Yeah. I like, swear it looked like I thought it was an adult coloring book. Mm-hmm. That's how bad that it looked kind of like Frank had a stroke with well, it, the way he drew it. Yeah. And I was so interested to see how he was working on it because apparently... The thing he was doing differently this time was he was drawing it on gigantic pieces of paper, huge, with very thick, I don't want to call them markers, but they may have actually been markers, Mm -hmm. very thick inking uh, utensils. So um, with very little, I think, underdrawing. Yes. So, and it's so, it's so obvious. um, And it's such a departure from the first series that it was just a super bummer. To this day, I'm like, oh. People come in and they'll want to know all about Dark Knight Returns. And I tell them, oh, it's one of the greatest graphic novels of all time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you could skip the second one, but three is pretty good. It sucks to have to say that. My turn? You just did no, you, you it. Did what's your, the next what's question? The next question. Oh, sorry. You did Robin, remember? Yeah. Uh, what's a really popular series everyone seems to love but you don't like? Oh, I already answered mine. What? Sandman. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, I guess that is true. Yeah. Um, a popular series that everybody loves that I don't like. Oh, where do I start? There's so many. <laughs> it's like you could also say, I think arc. You don't have to necessarily say a full series. Well. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Say it. I don't know why people are still buying Marvel comic books. What? Because now. Because of Marvel, I have no idea what they're doing. They oh keep God. rebooting their their books like nine thousand times, and it as a while. I'm not the collector that I was. If I was still a collector, that would be so frustrating 
to me. I remember when like DC did their first the their whole reboot thing, the new fifty two thing. And people were like, you know, up in arms, like, oh, what about my collection and everything like that. And I remember thinking, the collection's still there. Yeah. You're fine. But Marvel, there'll be three Avengers number one within a year. And I'm yes, I'm, you know, being hyperbolic, but not that far off. You're not off. that far off. Because I remember during the Secret Wars time, like right before Secret Wars, everything went to number ones. So some, some things had started. Then right before Secret Wars, they started again. Then Secret Wars happened. Then they started again. So it was about three. Yeah. In like about like two years or so. That would just freaking annoy the hell out of me. I completely agree. I have no, no, I cannot defend it. I am also one of the people who goes just like it's fine. It, in fact, I wouldn't even mind if you got if Marvel was just like listen, every year we're gonna reboot the books. Mm-hmm. We're, you, you, we're gonna give you Bat or not Batman. We're gonna give you Spider Man, and it'll have this writer and this artist for twelve issues. Then we'll do an annual. Then we're gonna start over with a new writer and a new artist, and that's just the that's our model now. Every yes. year you get a full year of story. Boom, next story. And if the and if we decide, listen. The writer and artist we just have on this year is doing so well. We're going to do a sequel to it next year. Great, that's fine too. You, you don't have to like lock it down so hardcore like that. It's fine. You can you can wiggle room, right? Um, that being said, some of the stuff that I'm reading from Marvel right now is some of the most fun I've had in a long time yeah. from either of the two big. Me too. Yeah, thank you. Um, the stuff that Donny Cates is doing, that um, Jason Aaron is doing. It's giving me a lot of the anticipation and enjoyment that I got reading comics as a kid. I hear you. I and and that's good on you, dude. But I, I still contend. Well, first of all, I agree with the whole model of like they're doing a story for a year, then the annual, and keep it going. My, I've I said it on Gutter Talk before, and I'll say it again. I think I would go. Two trades, just do all trades. So if you got a writer and an artist, you you send them away for a block of time. They do their story. It comes out in a trade, and then you got another writer and artist doing their story, and it comes out in a trade. That's the model that works. That's what Marvel should be doing. But this constantly rebooting and you know, getting you jazzed up on the fun that all these writers and, and artists are doing in the books. And you're all ready. And like you just said, the, the word you said is anticipation. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. But more often than not, from what I hear, listening to all you comic book guys, is that that anticipation is either um, disappointed or it is short-lived because then they reboot the whole thing. Right, right. And that's the thing that upsets me. Hmm. I don't mind it personally. I, yeah. just, I I agree with some of what you guys are saying, but I think like like with your with JD what you were saying about the like yearly thing is like I don't know if we would necessarily get Jason Aaron's like Thor if it was that yearly thing mm-hmm. just because well, that's what I'm saying there's room for a wiggle. Yeah. If they decide, "Hey, we're going to do Jason Aaron 5 years." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think it would still I mean I don't think if that book wasn't selling, Thor by Jason Aaron, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had six years of Jason Aaron. It would have been canceled and rebooted. Um, 
So what I'm saying is, if if the first year goes well, here's part two. Yeah. Here's That's part true. three. Here's part four. I do. I also think it might, uh, it might deter some readers. Like if they know that something's going to end in a year. Like, right. Like right now, a lot of people wouldn't be reading Tom King's Batman if they knew it was going to be done in a year. Mm-hmm. But because they think this is bat, well, now they know. But at the time, like a few months ago. They thought this is going to be Batman for the foreseeable future. So if I want to know what's going on in Batman, I got to read this series. So something like that. So mine, I mean, there's a few that I like that a lot of or that other people like that I don't like that much. But I think, and this is gonna is gonna get me crucified. But honestly, I didn't like Watchmen that much. What? There, I said it. Give me a hammer and some nails, (laughs) and also two very long pieces of wood. They hate me because I'm right. But yeah, I just I read it and I liked it towards the end, but most of that series I found kind of boring, oh and it just it wasn't really wasn't really for me. You know I understand I with that one, I understand I respect the craft of it mm. and I respect what it did for comics, but personally, it just it's not really it doesn't really do it for me. I hear you because it's it as transcendent as a book it, as it was in style and in scope and in story and it was legitimately now what 30 years maybe more since then it's not it's the norm yeah. you know a lot so i can feel you on that and with all due respect to dave gibbons he's not the most bombastic artist yeah so i can i can i can feel you on that yeah i get it because it took me a while to appreciate the book the way i do Mm -hmm. Uh, it took me a couple of readings so yeah i mean that's not the craziest thing i've ever heard yeah yeah and there's parts of it that are very Mm self-indulgent so i feel you yeah next question on the docket is number four What's a series you didn't expect to enjoy but ended up liking? So pretty much the reverse. Oh. Um. This one can be tricky because if you don't expect to like something, you tend to not read it. Oh, but. you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Invisible Woman number one. It's a mm. miniseries that's going on right now by Mark Wade, mm. And I saw that it was coming down the pike. In my previews order, I was like, I guess I should order at least one copy. <laughs> I guess... Well, that cover looks nice. Maybe I'll get two copies. And um, I had no anticipation for this book. Literally just ordered it because I felt like I should, just to have it in the shop. And I sat down and read the first issue on a lark, and I, was, I put it down, and I was like, that was legitimately great. That was a great first issue. Uh, I hope the rest of the, the miniseries follows suit. But, yeah, I was stunned at how much I enjoyed it. An Invisible Woman yeah. issue. What about you, Brandon? Mine is Silk. Hey, yeah. When I first... When Silk was first introduced, it was an Amazing Spider-Man. And then that carried over into Spider-Verse. And personally, I hated her. I was like, this is an awful character. And I honestly, I picked up the first issue on a whim to laugh at it. I was like, this is so dumb. They gave this awful character a book. And then it was super like charming and sweet because mm-hmm. she Cindy Moon is a character who was trapped. She was bit by the same spider that bit Peter Parker, but she got kidnapped by Ezekiel, I think, yep. or whatever, and she was kept in a bunker for years. So she's pretty much a '90s kid living in the 2000s, 
So like she works, she ends up working at the paper with J. Jonah Jameson, but he loves her because like she reminds him of like how things used to be. Like she's mm-hmm. a kid, but she doesn't like use te- using technology or anything. And it's just it's a, and the art for it. I think it was Stacy Lee. Yeah, I think it's the artist, and it was just a really adorable, sweet little book. Yeah, that's one of those that I actually would like to go back and finish because I did start it because I I enjoyed that character and I I actually kind of liked her strangely animalistic um, sexuality when it came to when it came Peter? to uh, Peter Peter and Cindy could not because of I guess the spider in them yeah. they just kept going at it yeah and I thought I was like oh that's kind of an interesting little thing is that they would have to be like trying to keep it away from each other because if they were anywhere near each other they would probably just throw off their clothes yeah. and go go to town that part that was the weird part for me oh see I thought that was kind of interesting Len! Mine, as much as I just took a dump on the Marvel line, um, is Gwenpool. Hey! Uh, You know, Brandon has been in my ear for, what, seemingly a year or two about Gwenpool. And I was very resistant to it. I thought it was... I thought it was something totally different. I thought it was just a... um, a mocking them doing more with bringing back Gwen Stacy and now they've made her like a, a, a Deadpool ripoff. Deadpool ripoff. I'm like, oh my God, no. Well, you're in luck, Len. <laughs> Gwenpool Strikes Back number one just hit shelves today at your local comic shop. Yes, Brandon has shown me this, oh. uh, and it's actually a, a nice little cover. Who's that? Terry Dotson. Terry I and Rachel Dotson. Yep. Yeah. And there's one with Guru the original who did the original art um, covers. Mm-hmm. There's a variant cover that they did. So, uh, but I bought the, I bought the first trade of of Gwenpool, and I I loved it, and I then subsequently went and bought the second and third trade of Gwenpool. Um, so I can't, I can't believe it. I actually really enjoyed the, the comic. So Gwenpool. Yeah. I think a lot of people would like Gwenpool if they gave her a chance. But I totally understand why they don't. <laughs> because that name is the name is, is a killer. I have had to have that conversation with customers in my shop ad nauseum. Because I will hear them talking amongst themselves. And they'll go, oh, because I've got a statue over here of her. And they'll go, oh, Gwenpool. is a female Deadpool. And I'll have to be like, well, actually, no. It's a pop. And I have to kind of like come over and be like, well, I have to well actually, which sucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, the idea of her is very, very cool. I love that they did that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've only read the first issue of the first series, and I did not get sucked in. Mm-hmm. So you, that's because you didn't get to the scene where she throws a skull like a Pokemon. <laughs> nice. I mean, I was already buying into it, but when she did that, I was like, "I just wins." Nice. Gwenpool for the win. Next <laughs> question: What a series. You have spent the most amount of time with, so like I guess what's like a long form Spider-Man. series you really like? Um, it probably was Savage Dragon. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was. I just actually told Brandon the story that one time I was collecting Savage Dragon, the, the Image comic book, and I had up into the deep into the one hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, every single solitary issue, and it was around that time that I told myself I was going to make the switch over to trades only and i did and i never bought a savage dragon trade (laughs) because i realized that i was more collecting it for the exercise of just keeping the comic that 
right. the run going as opposed to, and I was still kind of enjoying the book, yeah. but I think I had grown out of it. Yeah. But, I've gone back and revisited the early years of Savage Dragon a couple times now. It's cause dumb I, I, fun. It's so fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's dumb, but it's fun. Um, um, and there's a part of me that keeps telling me like when I get a nice bit of disposable income mm-hmm. um, that I would go back and collect it yeah. in trades. So I think I, I, matter of fact, I know I donated it to like these comic books I gave to kids overseas gotcha. and stuff. But um, yeah, that, that was easily the longest run I had on any comic book. Batman? Savage Good Dragon. Savage Dragon. No, I know. Not Batman. I never, I've never gotten to like a one, like a one oh, to one hundred. I'm sorry. You mean uh, the longest consecutive run of comics? I thought books? that's what he meant. I think either that or just something you spend a lot of time with. Yeah, like, I thought you meant just like what have you read the most of? Which series have you read yeah. the most of? Spent the most time reading? Well, that's still series. Yeah. Well, to me, that's still spending the most time because that was still just that one comic book series. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You know, mine. Personally, I think would be the Robin series because even though it's not super long, I only read it in the background, like if I don't have anything else to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember I got the first trade and I didn't even read that for a year. And I know it took me a year. Like, I had it, I was reading it like every once in a while, I'd read a few pages, but I know it took me a year because I looked at my receipt from when I bought it from JD. And then a year later, I was like, hey, gee, it's JD, it's been a year. I think I'll get number two. Mm-hmm. So it took me a real long time. But like, so yeah, I've been reading that for, since, for like a few years now. Meanwhile, JD had ordered that for you nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't help that I'm good at my job. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine's probably Amazing Spider-Man. For sure. Easy answer. Next. Next one. We're going to skip the next two because they're not very good questions. Um, but number eight is, have you ever had a crush on a comic book character, and I'm going to add in who. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that it, it's implied you're supposed to say who. Yeah, be weird if you're just like, yeah, next. Yeah, it's a next dumb, question. It's not a great question. On a comic book character, so I'm going to restrict it to comic books <laughs> that I've had a crush on. That <laughs> Jesus, who would it be? Look, look at JD cheating, looking up. Um, no, nope. I'm posting. I'm I'm going on while you're talking, so I can post the last podcast. <laughs> I um, got my answer in the bag. You know who it is. I think. The, wow, that I had a crush on. Okay, all right. It's two. Whoa, you hussy. <laughs> One is She-Hulk. But specifically, John John Burns, Burns, man, when she's jumping rope. Well, that's a good issue. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good issue. Um, But just, just, I just like, I like the way that he writes She-Hulk, and the attitude that he gives her, and it shows off in in the drawing, and when he did her book. So I'm definitely going to say number one is John Burns She-Hulk. But my number two, who probably qualifies more as a true crush because it's not beholden necessarily on the artist and that weirdly is Donna Troy Wonder Girl that's not weird at all this is all tracking yeah this all makes sense it's just something about that character that is always just like really like 
hit, hit me and just like hit me in like in my heart and I just just felt affection for her so much so and I and I knew it was so but when on the Titans show that's on DC Universe mm-hmm. yeah when Donna Troy showed up yep I was like oh my god is Donna Troy <laughs> and they got her right yeah I was like my God. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, I wish she was on the, the rest of the show, but I don't want her to be on the rest of the show because I just like this nice little piece of Donna that's right. And that's all I need. I don't need her to like go wrong with her. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's Donna Troy. Uh, honorable mention, though, for Carol Danvers. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Yeah, I like, I like uh, Carol Danvers. Which Carol? I've always liked her. I've like always, Ms. Marvel. I've liked her from back. Well, let's say I first developed, I guess, my crush for her when she joined the Avengers back in the, the late 70s, 80s. Gotcha. So Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And and it stayed. But I didn't like her. And like I didn't care about the comic book Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. when it started. It was only when she got into the Avengers. Uh, and then after that, she's, she's always stayed with me. Hmm. JD, you want to go first? You want me to go? It's Mary Jane, y'all. Come on. Who, who else am I going to say? Um, Gwen? Nah. Nah, Gwen, no. The problem, the Gwen, the only interesting thing Gwen ever did was Die. snap her own neck. Um, she didn't snap her own neck. Momentum snapped her neck for her. <laughs> no, Peter um, did it. It's his fault. So, yeah, she. I never really cared for her as a kid. Okay. She but- was just very vanilla to me. And Mary Jane was a go-go dancer. She was always snapping and dancing and kind of kind of an asshole at times. So she mm-hmm. had, like, personality to her. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that was the first female character with a personality that I ever adhered to. And um, uh, I think my f- at the time, I think it was, I was very into Todd McFarlane's <laughs> version of her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very easy answer for me. She was the first one. But I do want to give a, a runner-up to John Byrne She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw her and I was like, oh, hormones. Neat. <laughs> That's what these feel like. Yeah. Brandon, who's your crush? Black Cat. That, uh, all right. I couldn't, I couldn't think of a few. I from thought the, of a few. From the comic book? Yeah. From the cartoon? It started in the cartoon, but it carried on into the comics. Oh. Right. Interesting. Because right. in the cartoon, um, I really liked that Felicia Hardy had a um like a split personality type of thing mm-hmm. or it wasn't split but like she had a secret identity so she would she was like a nice prim proper girl in public and she was felicia hardy and she was like an heiress or something right but then she would either it was either when she put on her mask or her like choker or something then she would transform her hair would become white and her costume would change and then she would become the black hat I do not remember that. It's been so long since I've seen that animated show. Yeah. But I always really liked that. And then recently, especially with like Spider-Man Hunted specifically, I've been like getting black, more Black Cat in my comics. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to really like her like as a character overall. So I'll say her. Nice. I do have one other uh, honorable mention just because I watched <laughs> you a movie. honorable mentions. I just watched... Um... You're going to movies? No, we're, we've stuck oh, to comic right. books. Oh, you're right. You're right. Never mind. All right. Forget it. Next question. No, we're not going to movies and and and, and such. What was? Go for Ralph. 
We're not talking about Wreck-It Ralph. It's Wreck-It Ralph. We're not talking about Wreck-It Ralph. I have a crush on Wreck-It Ralph. You don't. <laughs> I, want, I want him to wreck me. It's actually a crush on John C. Riley. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? True. Next um, question. Mr. What, what, what was that in um, Mr. Cellophane? What? That's what he sings in Chicago. Oh, I have no idea. You didn't see the movie Chicago? Yeah, I just remember it. Mr. Mr. Sel- yeah, I think it's Mr. Hey, Brandon, Cellophane. I have a question for you. What's the next question? <laughs> what was the first series you remember playing? You remember reading? Oh. Mm. Okay, maybe it's not Spider-Man. World's oh. Finest. Ooh, that's mm. a good one. Back in the days, because I'm, you know, I got a couple of years on you guys. Mm. Um, back on the days of the 100-page spectaculars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had an issue of World's Finest. I don't remember what the Superman Batman story was in there. World's Finest was historically a book that teamed up Batman and Superman. But I remember kind of loving it. And that was always the the current story. And then there would be about three um, uh, reprints in there. And I remember... It, reading like the, the Batman Superman story, loving it. There was always a reprint of an old Justice Society of America story in there. That's how I was introduced to the old Justice Society of America. And there'd be a reprint of one other like older superhero. So it'd be like a Doctor Fate or um, Our Man or the Golden Age Flash or. More often than not, it was Sandman back the, when he was a uh, Wesley Dodds, yeah, the superhero Sandman, and it would be Wesley Dodd as a Sandman when, for a brief time, he went from the whole gas mask and and business suit with cape, and he actually had like the tights. Mm. And it would be Sandman and Sandy, <laughs> so. That was the first comic book series I remember reading. Mine, I think, if I remember correctly, was Red Sun, which oh, was wow, yeah, oh, wow. it's a weird one to to start Jeez. with. Um, but Mark I, Miller and um, Dave Johnson's Superman, mm-hmm. Elseworlds, Elseworlds. I just I heard about it and it sounded cool, so I started reading it, and I remember that when I started reading it, it was the sun was out and when I finished it wasn't anymore <laughs> and I remember thinking that oh this series was so long because it took me forever to read and then I look back and it's like six issues yeah and yeah. it just it for some reason probably because it's a heavy story it took me yeah, forever to read it is a heavy story so yeah I think that was it for me mine was probably Archie hmm. um yeah I don't remember the first issue the first time I ever picked up a comic but if I had to guess, it probably, in all honesty, was an Archie book from like the supermarket. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, in the checkout lane, there's just like these little digests of Archie. I imagine that's what it was, probably was. Um, if it wasn't that, it may have been Transformers. If it okay. wasn't that, it may have been G.I. Joe. If it wasn't that, it may have been Amazing Spider Man. It's any one of those five options. Well, I know World's Finest was definitely like the first comic book that I read, but probably mm-hmm. the first comic books that I collected mm-hmm. were Richie Rich comic books. That's right. I knew that. Love me some Richie Rich. Next question. Next question. We're running out of time. In your opinion, what is the best company? 
Period. Ah. Ooh, the best comic book company right now. Yep. Ooh. Uh, I would say it's Image right yeah, now. I think I Image what? has the most e- e- yeah. diverse lineup of of creators, of stories on on the shelves and that that are consistently coming out. They are very consistent about getting the trades out not long after the the book run. Um Yeah, I got I gotta say image. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm with you. I feel like I should have narrowed it down to the big two. Because image, just with the diversity of stuff they put out, I feel like they're inherently gonna be the best of the of the three of of the, the not necessarily. I mean, there's some other comic book companies that are doing some some interesting stuff. Um, Boom, Boom Studios puts out some interesting work. Um, Action Lab, every once in a while, when they throw out something out there, it's, it's pretty decent. Yeah, but I don't think any of those put out. I think Enough. Image puts out the most, yeah. and as compared, they're probably put out the most in comparison to yeah. DC and yeah. Marvel. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Now, if you're going to force my hand and say DC or Marvel, I'm going to go Marvel. Interesting. Um, DC has had a couple of flops for me personally. Uh, Heroes in Crisis, the Tom King Batman run. Doomsday Clock is like three years late. <laughs> as much as I'm enjoying it, as much as I told y'all it would be, um, I said that, and I remember. Like, no. But Marvel is putting out a bunch of stuff that I'm really enjoying, like War of Realms, Absolute Carnage, uh, Nick Spencer's Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff from them. Oh, and the Hickman X stuff yeah. has been top notch. Yeah, they're really killing it right now. For me, it would be DC, but but tell me why. Yeah, because. For, Tim Drake. Uh, uh, Tim Drake from no, 30 years they've ago. They've been horribly mistreating Tim Drake. But um it's because like um like Wen said, like with the with Marvel's like reboots and stuff, that's been kind of hard to really narrow down like what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. I do like Marvel books, but just overall. And with DC like specifically it it's probably just the books I'm reading, but it feels like there's more of a vision like the Superman books with Bendis being in charge of all of them, there's a clear vision for that. And with Wonder Comics, that's been really good. So, yeah, just overall, I feel like DC's been doing a lot of good stuff. It's not. Say, uh, go. go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not so much that DC's necessarily better, so much as that I'm not liking some of the stuff that Marvel's doing. I actually thought that Wonder Comics was going to put DC over the top for JD, so I was surprised to hear, hear him say Marvel. But Of all the Wonder Comics, though, the one that has really struck me has been Young Justice. That's only one book. Of what, the three of them? Four, five. I think four. Okay. Yeah. You didn't like Naomi? Not enough to be super excited about it. Okay. Now, I'm two issues behind... But a lot of it was conversation, conversation, conversation. Who am I? Hey, how come no one's telling me who I am? That is hey, Bendis, though. Hey, hey, uh, guy who owns the body shop, do you know who I am? Tell me, where did I? Why don't you tell me where I'm from? It's just a lot of like chit chat. Yeah, but that is Bendis. It can be Bendis, but that's not only Bendis. That's yeah. not all he does. True. Usually, true. like action a, comics. Yeah, has been great. Yeah, all of his Superman stuff has been that plus. Yeah. Fun super heroics. Yeah. Um, what's next? Next one. 
Um, we got time for two more. I don't All know. Right. This one is, in your opinion, would you say that indie books are better? Well, non-big two books are better than the big two. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And why? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> because I said so. Um, because man, you don't have to. You're not. You're not eternally stuck in the second act mm-hmm. in in independent books. There's generally a beginning, middle, and an end. Even for things like Invincible. Yes. Which went on for a long, long time and still um, was a big superhero bombastic book, but it also wrapped up. Yep. And um, Walking Dead. Yep. Finished. Mm-hmm. Preacher. Mm. That's my favorite. So, yeah, I mean, plus they're more free to do uh, to deal with certain topics that the big two Marvel and DC you're never going to see them deal with at least not in a way that is emotionally satisfying so um, and also from independent books you get a, a wider swath of diversity and different points of view coming from the creators who are making the books yes yeah we just we haven't seen that sort of breakthrough into the big two thus far uh maybe someday we'll get there but um i don't know that's the other thing that i to sort of backtrack to what i was saying earlier about if you just had here is a year of this comic book and then the next year we'll do another year of this do you know what i mean mm-hmm. creative team that also gives the creative team time to wrap up their story and maybe yes. have it finish um some of my favorite big two issues are things that wrap up series Yep. Even if they're Elseworlds or something of that ilk. Yes. It, it's very satisfying to read something like Dark Knight Returns at the time where you're like, oh, this is the end of Batman. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is why, you know, everybody like, you expect it for me to say like you know, the series that I've spent the most time with is Batman because I'm the Batman guy. But it really is because my signature Batman stuff are collected or like those short stories he said dark knight returns mm. long halloween that's those are the st- that's the stuff that i like <laughs> um have next question have you ever had to stop playing have you ever had to stop reading a series because it was too scary no yeah yes oh i lied it, i did um if only for a little bit um, I was working at another comic shop at the time. I was sitting there. I was eating my delicious lunch, and I thought, "Oh, the newest issue of Walking Dead came out. It was issue 100." Mm. And uh, spoiler alert for issue 100 of Walking Dead: it's the Glenn issue. Yeah. And I was sitting there, just enjoy at the table, enjoying my food, reading the issue, and then it got to a certain point, and I was just like, "Oh no, I'm just gonna." <laughs> I, I don't remember what I did. I feel like, yeah, I put the book aside in order to continue eating my food um, as opposed to like putting the food aside to continue reading the book. Yeah, right. I put the book aside. So, yeah, I did. I, I did. Yeah. See, I was actually going to go with that issue as well ah. because I can't return to that page mm-hmm. because it's that page. It's brutal. It's it. It really is. It's, I don't know if I've ever looked at it. Like, I remember I read the issue. And I think I knew it was coming, and I, I think I may have like read the like text bubbles, but I didn't actually look at the page. How can you not? It's the whole page. I don't page. like it. It's the splash. I mean, like, but how can you read the text bubbles and not? I, I, like, it was there, but I kind of just avoid it. Same with Carl's eye. 
like that See, that page. The I think didn't do it, didn't do it for me. That one, like I never, like I saw it kind of, and then I like it was I quickly like turned the page. Because he took that from me, I'm going to go because that was definitely the one I was going to go with. But there's an issue of Invincible, where and it basically it's like the whole book. He's battling like the. I can't remember the guy. I would call him Gator Man. He's basically like this walking gator or dragon type mm-hmm. of thing. And they're having this this um, book-length fight. And at one point, the gator gets invincible, gets the better of him, and gets his head in between his hands. Mm. And you see him squeezing Invincible's head. And then you turn the page... And there's a double page spread of dude just bursting invincible head apart on the screen. Just blood and eyes yeah. and all that type. I can't look at that page. I can't look at that page ever again. And then as Ryan Otley, the artist of that, is wont to do, the next page, while not as bad you see like this headless thing there mm-hmm. with the blood and so I can't even so that's three pages of that comic yeah. that I can't look at. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that in Invincible. Like I, I like oh, the boy. series but I'm not I don't really love gory stuff so for me it's like meh. There's plus, a lot. Yeah and plus like I'm not super big into art so like stuff where it's just like a lot of gore and fighting I just kind of skip through those pages. So, yeah. And then you skipped a, little, a lot yeah. of it. Well, for me, oh, mine would probably be, I, I want to say Sandman number eight, but I'm not positive. Okay. But it was a, um, it's an issue called, I think it's called 24 Hours, and it's in a diner. I mean, it didn't, it was, there's, not, there's never been anything that was too scary that I had to stop reading. Right. But that's one of those ones where after I read it, I had to take a break. And I think. It's a little heavy. When I most recently read it, um. I was taking a class and like we got out of the class for like a break and I read it in in that break. So when I went back to class, like I was, I had to like, I was not paying attention. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little out of it because it's just, there's a lot of really dark stuff that happens in that issue and it, it really messed me up. You were telling me that's the one where he like. Some man gets Sandman's powers of like persuasion or whatever and so mm-hmm. he can tell people what to do and he forces like everyone in the diner to stay there for 24 hours he forces them to like have sex with each other he forces them to like reveal their deepest darkest secrets and it's just it's a this some of the stuff they say some of the stuff they do is really messed up yeah that sounds i can see that being pretty intense yeah next question next, next question. question last question we'll wrap it up this is a nice, simple one. Has a comic ever made you cry? Oh, my God. And so which many. one? Oh, wow. So many comics. So many comic books have made me What's your I most got, memorable? I got two right off the tip. Go ahead. Should I go? Just the um, tip, though. The first time Aunt May died. I, I saw your face. Oh. <laughs> in, uh, during the, I believe it was after the Clone Saga, during the Clone Saga. Mm. Uh, it was an amazing Spider-Man. They did one of those die-cut covers, and it was... Aunt May's grave, and it yeah. was embossed. Mm-hmm. It was hard to read. Uh, it didn't work out quite, I think, mm. the way they needed it to. <laughs> that uh, cover. Yeah, right? that particular cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so, you know, Peter, you know, she's there dying, and he winds up 
what's the quote? Um, first star on the left and straight on till morning from Peter Pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just, <laughs> tears falling. And then another one that I read that actually got me was much more recent. And that was maybe five, six years ago, a book called I Kill Giants by Joe Kelly. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And Ken Fiamura or something like that. They actually made a movie out of it. And it's, it's pretty good. The movie's pretty good. But the book, I had no idea what it was about. And um, it sort of has a couple layers to it. And one of the layers uh, got me. And I was, I was finishing up the book. I was like, it's getting very emotional. It's very good. I feel you. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is uh, Mark Wade and Stuart Immerman's Superman Secret Identity. Oh, wow. Which was like, what if like there was a real life Superman, basically like the Superman of Earth Prime mm-hmm. growing up. And um, there's an image where like this Superman, he grows old. So he actually gets gray hair. Um, he marries a Lois Lane who's, um, who is of indigenous um, heritage. Mm. So they have twin, you know, girls who develop Superman's powers. And he watches them go to save the day as the twin Supergirls, and he and he he starts to fly to keep up with them. But um, you know he's he's older, so he can't really keep up. He just lets them go, and you just see him watching them go off with the pride that a father would mm. with their yeah yeah child. That's pretty sweet. And I just I I I bawled a little bit. It's <laughs> like oh god, man, you got me, sons of bitches, you got me, you got me. Um, so that's one, and then the other one I I talked about, you know, when we we're talking about single issues, and I talked about who is Donna Troy, and that is legitimately a comic book that did make me cry. Um, reading that, uh, I think, but then not long after that, they did the wedding of. Donna Troy. Mm-hmm. She actually got married and it was a book long just wedding issue without any type of super villain showing up or anything like that. Mm. And just the romance of it got to me. And <laughs> it, and that made me cry. And then there's one more. And my last one is Tom Balin's True story, swear to God. Which, you have brought this up on the show before. Which That's is right. just a story about his romance, how he fell in love with his his wife and meeting her at um, Disney World and them developing a long-distance re- relationship um, and falling in love. And I, I probably cried like every third or fourth page. <laughs> in that comic book and then as you collect it you know um and this is spoiler alert for that book a little bit but you still need to read it you you find out that they the comic book tells you how they fell in love their marriage how they lived their families blend and everything like that and it also tells about how they fell apart and divorced one another um and just that whole story and him just being so open mm-hmm. uh, about you know 
their whole situation and and you know his part in it and her part in it and the honesty of it it's like it's the magic of comic books the reason why i still read comic books yeah mine i'll i have two as well um the first one is i think it was in death of spider-man i don't necessarily know what the issue was called but it was in the ultimate universe and it wasn't when peter actually died because in general when characters die that doesn't usually do it for me it's always at the funerals that always get me Mm -hmm. and it was the scene where a little girl i'm I'm, i almost feel myself tearing up right now um a little girl her like mom is holding her and she comes up to talk to aunt may and she's like were you spider-man's mommy and like aunt may starts crying and she says yes and then she's like so like you like made him cereal and like packed his lunch and stuff and like that just it wow. really got me wow mm-hmm. cuz just like the innocence of it so that was one and the second one is Gwenpool 25 cuz <laughs> that one was just cuz like when i started reading Gwenpool like i just kind of liked the character and then like i pushed it and i was kind of pushing it as a joke like when i would come into the shop all the time but then at a certain point it was like I had to like evaluate like do I like this character enough to keep pushing it so much? Yeah. And so then I realized Is it worth the bit that I'm doing? Exactly. And then I realized I did. I really like the character. And so in issue twenty five, which is Gwen's last issue, um, I'm not gonna spoil it, because of course Gwen's reading it right now. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are reading it too. But uh You hope. Yeah. <laughs> um it's it's a hmm, I'm trying to think without spoiling it. Gwen sees someone that she kind of inspires. And she's with a few heroes, and it's Halloween, and so there's a bunch of kids dressed up as different characters, and then there's one kid dressed up as Gwen, and she doesn't say anything. She just kind of just has the biggest grin on her face, and it's just like for a character who came from our universe to see someone dressed up as her, it's just, it's a real great moment. pretty cool, yeah, yeah. 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 That sounds pretty dope. So she's got that Gwendolyn Christie smile Mm -hmm. from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, wait, did we finish that up? I think we did. Did we all answer it? Yeah. Great. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of... Talk. I'm Johnny Destructo. You can help the show out if you want by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts, Stitcher, what have you, blah, blah, blah. You can help us out monetarily, which would be even better, at uh, Patreon slash Johnny Destructo or Coffee ko-fi.com slash Johnny Destructo that's a way you can like it's like a little tip jar you could just like toss us a couple of cents and you can catch me on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex yeah you can follow me on um, Twitter at the Bat Tribble or follow my show the Black Tribbles we're available any place that podcasts be. You can check us out, um, blacktribbles.com and all that what what Nobby. and if you're in the Philadelphia area on August 24th and 25th, um, check out Respect, the Women's Podcast Festival, presented by Your Black Tribbles. Two days of free podcasting fun, all podcasts led by um, fantastic women. We're going to have a very special Saturday night concert. We're going to have a movie screening, um, movie short screening on that Sunday. Promises to be a whole lot of fun. Go to respectpodfest.com for all the deets. Uh, I don't, I don't really have anything, but, uh, support (laughs) these guys, guys. Yeah. They're great. Do what he says. Thanks so much. And we'll talk at you later. Ta-ta!